0: Hi, everybody. I'm Ralph Ben Benmerge. Welcome to Not That Kind of Rabbi, uh, a show where I talk about spiritual issues with human beings from all walks of life, and uh, something I enjoy doing very much, I have to say. I've been getting some very kind words from folks who have started listening to the podcast recently. Uh, One of the things about the podcast world is just keep a going, as they say, because eventually more people talk to other people and end up telling them that they should probably listen to it. And that's what's been happening. And I really appreciate that. My usual disclaimer, I'm not an ordained rabbi. I'm an ordained spiritual director. And there is a difference, a marked difference, I might add. Um, Lately, I've been doing some great reading. Um, I would suggest there's a book on uh, the Christian mystic, Meister Eckhart that's written by uh, Matthew Fox. And if you know Matthew Fox at all, he's highly interesting to listen to and to read. Um, His uh, world is about creation spirituality that he was kind of kicked out of the Catholic church by saying, you know, we're worshiping Jesus solitary is what he called it. He said, instead, what we really need to be able to do is have an ability to do a spiritual practice. And doing that requires wonder and awe And he's a great proponent of that. So uh, Fox has written this lovely book where he has uh, Eckhart from hundreds of years ago in conversation with different great spiritual leaders from different paths. One of the things I've learned in becoming a spiritual director is called deep ecumenism. Just the ability to really let yourself become part of other people's traditions and understand them that way. And I think it's a really important thing to do, um, whether you, follow a religious path or don't follow a religious path is irrelevant to that. It's really about how do people see the world? What's what is it within the teachings that they have that we can learn from? Also, uh, really enjoying a eight week course I'm doing with Eckhart Tolle, whose uh, original name wasn't Eckhart, but he changed it to Eckhart after reading Meister Eckhart, who influences millions of people. Uh, Anyway, Eckhart Tolle is doing a wonderful uh, eight week uh, a session online that I uh, w- uh, paid for to listen to. And uh, it's great because it really is about the very simple idea of consciousness that there's two kinds of things that you can view your life as life situations. Oh, I've got this to do. And this is really pressing on me and you know, Trump might win and this is going to happen. And these things become this monkey mind that never stops kind of torturing you with all the thoughts but that all you really have in this life is the consciousness of the present moment and that if there's life situations and there's life life is what's happening at this moment life situations are the worries about what's going to happen and what just happened and what might happen so really he tries to help people to understand that and to move into a space where they can actually be present he says if you're really in the middle of 14 thoughts at once Do something simple. Uh, Sing a song in your own head or just spend 30 seconds looking at your cat. Just look at your cat and see how they behave and see how they do what they do. And just stay here. Stay in the moment. And you realize that all these other things are mind formations that we make and this ego idea of who we are and what we should be worried about and what do people think of us and the fear that maybe they don't think enough of us and all these other pieces are just projections that we make onto this crazy movie we're making at all times. So Toli's really good on being able to make presence a, a thing. One of the ways of doing that in the Jewish religion is our own version of chanting. And this comes from the Eastern European tradition, not from my North African tradition. But it's called a nigun, and a nigun is, in this case, I am gonna, I want to play you a song, uh, a really beautiful piece um, by Bacha Levine, uh, who you can look up on YouTube. She's really soulful in, in the best way to think of it. But she does a combination of a bit of a, a Jewish prayer, Karov, it's called. And in it, she sings the Nagoon. And it circles that, just circles that. So I'm going to play it for you. And then I'm going to introduce you to my guest who I haven't seen in, I think it's 28 years. But it's lovely that she's going to be with me and we'll have lots to talk about. Um, So here it is, Bacha Levine on Not That Kind of Rabbi. Shabbat e That's um, Bacha Levine with Karov. I just had to play it for you this week. I know snippets work for people, but I just really felt like that's really resonated with me since I first heard it about a week ago. And uh, I just think that in music, there's so much soulfulness in every genre and every style and every part of the world. It is, if it's done well and with authenticity and sincerity, it's church. It just gets to people. Uh, And it doesn't matter how you do it. It's, it's uh, really about connection. And, you know, I've been to rock concerts when I was a young guy, and there'd be all the people with their big lighters, and now it's phones, and everybody's swaying, and you're thinking, oh, this is kind of corny. But you know what, it's church. (laughs) Everybody's in it, and they're all together. I want to introduce my guest. Uh, she is a pioneer in so many different ways. She is the first Canadian to get a major record label deal for hip hop in this country. She's a female Black hip hop artist, no mean feat in a male-dominated world, and one that she achieved with grace and dignity. And um, she's uh, still going strong. So I just want to say hi to me. Mishi, Mish, how are you?
1: Hi, Ron.
2: Hi, boss.
0: <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I, do you remember the, the literally the last time we saw each other? Because I do.
2: Well, do you tell me? All right. I- so yeah. I
0: had a I had a TV show called Friday Night, and you were a guest. And uh, I I barely seen you all day because there was so much crazy on that show with all the people and the sets and the music and the blah blah blah. And um. We were just standing there behind a flat backstage I was about to introduce you. (laughs) After all the crazy, we were just standing there with each other. And I'm like, hi, I'm Ralph. And you're like, hi, I'm Mishi. And how are you? Fine. Okay, let's do this. (laughs) And then I walk out and introduce you and you went up. And that was that.
2: i was always so focused. I didn't remember that one little... I remember doing it, but I don't remember that being the last time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was it. After that, I disappeared and you disappeared. And I thought, well, that was that um but but it was fun to have you um so first of all in listening to that piece of music was was there any feeling for you about that
2: yes because it was new i just wanted to know what she was saying so i was hearing how she was saying it
0: so it was in hebrew yes uh, and then the other part is not in anything it's it's basically jewish scat you know when she's going ba ba da dee day, bah, da dee day. That's just uh, a non, uh, non-literal non chanting kind of thing to just get you out of your head, right? It worked. <laughs> it
2: worked. <laughs> yes, because it, it became not trying to decide what she was saying. I could tell she was chanting
0: in her way. I could tell. So in what you come from, is there anything that you can relate to that way that says, you know, we we have something like that?
2: It To be specific, to point at an artist for a song, uh, there's several. And music is always around the instruments. So the melodies always come after the instruments. Or when there is no instruments, melody comes from the heart. So it's just the beat, um, keeping a tempo. And between that tempo, you find several beats now otherwise illustrated as pockets of music. So I think when you, I know when you meditate and you kind of just breathe and listen, I make beats around the heartbeat. Mm. So it comes out in, and I use that as the core, no matter what genre music I'm doing. It's how it makes me move. It's um, reciprocating what is being given to me in terms of production and breathing it through. It's really breathing it through. And And then for me, words come out. So I think everyone finds your ritual in rituals and it always comes to listening, feeling, and delivering. So specifically in terms of a script of, or a dialect of something that I could share that there's one way, I don't believe I could tell you that, or I, you know, could make, could sell that. <laughs> I really think find it for yourself. And that's how I found mine. And it's really the the, the the beat of the heart. And that's my drum.
0: So when you say from the heart, it sounds like you're saying it in two different levels. One is from your soul, and the other one is literally the boom boom, boom, boom of, of your heart.
2: Actual beat. <laughs> and yeah, I am saying it on two levels. You're actually you're right.
0: Hmm. So it's one thing to, to know that it'd be best to do things from your heart, from the mm-hmm. soul of who you are. It's another thing to make sure you have a path there. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so how do you get that part going?
2: Um, your day-to-day, because you don't really know what's going to happen in life. Uh, so when things come at you, you kind of build your path, if that's what you mean. I build it day-to-day. There's no there's no chosen routes prior to a situation or a circumstance, it's kind of like handle it and find a way that it doesn't offend anyone, meaning myself first, to release it and react to it. So paths are just kind of one step at a time in whatever I'm doing, if that if I'm answering it correctly,
0: and what you mean. No, well, no, there's no answer. I mean, it's what you're saying is, what I just said at the beginning about presence and, and being here in the moment, it sounds like you're saying, yeah, like I, 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 tomorrow isn't a strategy. Like I'm just here right now. And if I'm going to sing something, I'm going to sing something today, not, you know, three days ago, I really nailed this. So I think I'll try it again.
2: Yeah. And you know what, that's what diaries are for, right? You write down the moment of the day to capture that moment. And and if you don't have a diary, you just kind of go day to day in it. I mean, you can look back on social media now, and there's a paper trail of emotion and you can see, how others feel, how, if even it's not personal, how, what they're thinking. So that could be a different path than even what they're going through. So I think every medium registers a path.
0: You know, that diary thing is interesting because I sometimes think, you know, I should journal more, I should diary more. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. But then I think to myself, what if somebody reads it? I don't want anyone to read it. so So I don't do it.
2: I don't do it either. It just sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) You get a diary, write it down journal. I was like, I have problems keeping up with social media. That's my diary. I think you can tell if I posted fucking James by James.com. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't. Social media is kind of, when I was talking before about monkey mind and just thought situation, situational life, I, I really am at a point now where I just, I guess maybe it's it's being holed up with everybody for nine months, but I'm just really get, getting tired of the noise, right?
2: And even if you're alone, there's noise. <laughs> even if yeah. you're like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of noise you can tap into. Anything you tap into, first of all, there's noise. And then you kind of choose what you want to follow or pursue or listen to or carry on. And then the good thing about social media is you can change gears. You can go to comedies, you know, you can go to, you can change gears. I think um, if you're going to be on it, I, you know, I think i the person. So for me, I change gears. I don't only follow one entertainment stream. I mean, look at animals.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's-, that's Change cool. gears, yeah.
2: But it's, it's like, just change gears.
0: So when you were growing up, you were you were born in Kingston, right? But you moved to like I I was born in Morocco, and by the time I was two, I was in Canada.
2: I was going for this year.
0: Oh, you were going to go to Morocco?
2: Yeah, we were doing Monique Love's birthday in Morocco. Five days, everyone turned fifty, so we were gonna, and then you know the rest of that story. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, that so I was really little when I came here. So how old were you?
2: Um, I was six when I came from Kingston, Jamaica. I was five, actually, going to be six because my birthday's in November. So I came the summer of July. And yeah, what a transition.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then I don't know about you, but for me, I have a story about being Moroccan, but I have a reality about being grown grown up as a Canadian.
2: That's true. I went back so many times to make sure I didn't lose that authenticity that made me me or what made my family them. And I really searched between like my parents divorced and when they divorced, I was like, well, I'm going to find out about both sides. And this was before Ancestry. I always say, "Oh my God, I must have been a little Ancestry um, prior to anything," because that was how I felt. I wanted to know both sides because they were divorcing. So um, yeah, I always made sure I went back and found that. Um, what kind of made them, and and that kind of made me, and and learning why everybody wanted to be so different or had such a such a you know to fit in in um, wherever you migrated from the fitness society, why, why it was such a, a head up, quiet, shh, a restriction when, you know, when you, where you're from, it's, it's a little bit more free. And when they, people go back to where they're from, it's to be a little bit more free. So it's just that kind of authenticity that I liked about um, learning the contrast between adages B. So I always went back. I always there's always and there's common denominators and I watch people um, go on the journey of going back. That's what you do when when time passes, you watch people go through the same journeys as you. So it was nice to see some who were just like, I'm I'm here now and I'm never going back. I know nothing of it. And I and I and I don't know any family there, and they're probably just gonna want things and everybody just needs and want and and then they lose kind of what they really wanted to go back for in the first place. They get so caught up in the noise. And, and people that are consuming the noise and thinking that where the noise you're consuming in another part of the country, the world, is a different noise. Um, and just making those mediums meet. So it's, it's. I've always gone back and I've always put that in, that's what's made my music not change and kind of keep me youthful. It's because the genre of music that comes from there is that reggae and it just has no age limit. So I use that to transition into hip-hop it's like i when people say you're, you're so you're getting older um you're still doing hip-hop i'm like yeah because when you get older and i'm from you kind of kind of still do music and the music that i'm still doing is hip-hop you know i didn't grow into doing jazz i didn't grow into doing something else i just matured lyrically so i think that has a big impact on on who i am musically is being able to go back and and follow through with that story um, coming from where I was born. Um, yeah, because I didn't want it to be just a story. I wanted to really realize went to, I, I left from a private school, um, in Kingston. I lived in that road and, and lived practically at the school while my parents, um, worked and were going through their stuff. So when my mom decided to leave and come here, um, she went and then I came. So you always, I always remember, um, the arts, uh, Everybody was into arts and music, and music was the arts, and I kind of just followed through. I'm sure they wish I could stop.
0: So your parents uh, divorced when you were how old?
2: I don't have the paperwork. (laughs) But in my head, uh, six or seven.
0: No. I've never, I I didn't live through a divorce uh, in terms of my own. Childhood. Um, what does that do to you?
2: Makes you think you have to choose. And you don't. Mm. So I beat that into me that I never, I didn't have to choose. And I think that's what kept me going, no matter how emotional it gets. That's what kept me going. I didn't have to choose because I was. Oh, there, because I was loved so much by both, both sides, both grandparents, both sibling cousins. Um, yeah, I didn't have to choose. And I was always full of energy and very animated. So I kind of cushioned everyone else's worrying about me. Though, yeah. So, hmm. Yeah.
0: What we, They're still so married. They're in- <laughs> still what?
2: We're married in my head and my in my light. Right. Um, um, I wouldn't say even marriage is the word, but they're still, still together in my head, not in a relationship together as parents to me right. together. Yeah. Well, and I have my dad's
0: ashes. So. <laughs> uh, you, your dad passed away? I let him.
2: Yes, my dad passed away. So I'm very adamant that all the children know. So I have his ashes.
0: And your mom's still alive?
2: Yeah. i going strong and coaching. And actually, posting now, where I am now. Yes, uh, and she would always try to answer all the questions on I mean, the show. It's quite funny. <laughs> it's like, she feels like she knew nothing about Canada. This morning,
0: what did your summer. mom teach <laughs> you? What did your mom teach you about life?
2: What didn't she teach me? <laughs> uh, what she taught me the bases, what she could, and what had she had time to, and what she knew. Because I think life was. Busy building her and she was busy living it and doing the best she could. She just taught me you always have a choice and that came from my grandmother. Um, yeah, she told her you always have a choice. So just be careful of what you choose, right? Cause the rest, you always have a choice was the main thing that um, resonated with me.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a big one <laughs> because then it's on you, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, blame no one.
0: Because <laughs> you had a, had a choice. I don't know. There's so much, you know, that we sometimes when you're a parent, you tell your kids things, and you think they're not listening. They're really not listening. <laughs> and then eventually, they say something back to you ten years later, and you're like, "Oh, I guess you were listening."
2: And it and it and it, and it starts at any at every age now with all this uh, consuming of um, the noise. <laughs> I will hear. Because my son is not Jamaican, and I will hear him say things quicker at a younger age back to me than I did to my mom. Um, and if some of it came from consuming it on social media, like some other Jamaican household um, said it, and He's seen it online. I'm like that's what my mom's, at, you know, and that kind of thing started happening. So it made him pay attention to more things I said. <laughs> I <was> like, See, I'm in it. Social media, and before that, household on social media. So yeah, it kind of it kind of works to your benefits
0: too. So, how old were you when you had your kid?
2: Uh, twenty-one, I believe. I put in my bio. I <laughs> know <20. laughs> oh, was Wikipedia. Listening, I was With yeah, no, I was twenty-one. Twenty twenty-one.
0: You were, or you told everyone you were twenty-one.
2: You know what? I was twenty twenty-one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the way you're saying that that's got me going, but. Obviously, you don't want to tell me anything more than that. I guess
2: twenty twenty
0: one. So that's young, and maybe younger. Uh, but what did you learn? To because a lot of people now are thirty five when they have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you you had this kid all this time while you're trying to grow up. Did yes. it? So. What's that like?
2: Wow. It's like having a little sibling that, you know, like just like the memes say that thinks you're rich. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And you just
2: keep giving and giving. And until they grew up and realized, oh my goodness, it's not as, you know, there really is nothing behind that in the cupboard. And you kind of just um, reality check. So it was, it was, it was harder to mask that we're fine because we um, were both kind of going through it. And I was trying to be like my mom's, be like, if you look, if mom's doing it, grandma's doing it, look, I'm doing it too. So we're fine. Um, but it was a different journey, a different struggle, a different occupation, a different chasing of my dream. Um, it was different, but yet I still wanted to live up to the, the nine to five, be put in that, put in those hours because um, if you don't, nothing comes back. But yet it was a different skill. I was, I was, you know, fueling. So that's kind of, it's kind of hard. I would always ask him too, I go, what does it feel like growing up with a creative mom? Like, cause our, you know, everyone else is so strict. I was supposed to go to law school. I was supposed to do, um, teach. I was supposed to, you know, register to York University for BPHE. I was going to teach because that everyone's in the medical field, come from RNs and head nurses and assistant head nurses. And, you know, I was like, okay, I'll do health science. I'll do, you know, I'll do teach him health, you know, and I found my way. I did all these sports, um, got all these awards for look up, all these awards, Beth athlete, Beth athlete. I was like, okay, one day I'm going to teach at York and I'm going to teach the junior Canadian team. The, and then of course at the track, day, track meet, you meet anyone um, that wraps. <laughs> and so my label being called track and field. So it kind of all makes one story, but having, someone smaller than you, so close to you, live that latter part of the dream, the beginning of his life um, is different. I mean, he was born in a time when I was in a rock band. I convinced him I was a rapper in a hip hop band. So he only knew Raggeda. And then I'm like, no, 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 I got some old school stuff before that. And then when he got to that age, he recognized, wow, you like, no, I was at work. (laughs) And then, yeah. So and then I got to bring it to your set, and that had a schedule. So I was at work. So it worked out. So it, it, it's 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 kind of cool telling him and and letting him see that okay, it wasn't just karaoke and us at Wonderland in the booth making pictures and trying to be uh, TLC. Um, it was actually an occupation as well as something that mommy likes to do for fun. And he was my little roommate, my little BFF, my um. So now he's my father, obviously. He tells me whether I'm cool, <laughs> when to stop, when to what to where, like why? Um, when did you repeat my stories? Um, and I feel the same if mother doesn't pay attention to something. So I was like, oh my God, it starts yeah. I, I didn't think you cared if I even looked. And yeah. And then there's that time when you were like, I wonder if you'll clean me at school. I wonder if you'll tell the teacher kids that I am machine. Um, so we always, and if he went to school with a cousin and the sibling would say, you know, his mama's name, he went, can you let me tell a story one day on my own? So I seen that kind of happen to him. Yeah, and I think he's at a at a level of two questions each about my mom, and that's it. <laughs> when he's
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> two questions. Yeah. yeah. I, I got a quota. This is all I'll do for you. Yes wow. No one they, keep, they keep you honest, right? I mean, they, they you can say you are whatever you want to tell people you are, but your kid's looking at you your whole life and you had to figure out am I actually coming up with this or not?
2: Yeah, and he, he reassures me every birthday post that I'm okay <laughs> or that it's it doesn't look too bad. And I mean, he's my radar, so I don't do anything too embarrassing. I Mom used to be the radar. I think my son became the radar um quicker in growing up and, and finding myself as a woman. Yeah, your radar has changed. And he became... The most, yeah, that man.
0: Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Was there any, um, in terms of a spiritual life? You know, you have kids; they ask you questions, right? Like, where did our, our, that hamster I just had die? Where did it go? You know. <laughs> so, how did you how did you raise him in in the spiritual side of, of who he is?
2: I definitely followed what I learned. I brought him at first to, to church, every church, every denomination, Baptist, Moravian, Seventh day Adventist, uh, uh, every church, and then introduced him to Rastafarian culture just to see. Um, every culture is so, so religious. And then he, we grew up in Thornhill, so he went to 13 bar mitzvahs. So he came home with every prize, every scooter, every, rec- every bag every envelope and <laughs> his friend they call him his name is Shamar, so they call him Shammy Davis Jr. So
0: he goes <laughs> over.
2: he's very popular in Thornhelm, his Richmond has a circle. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm moving here and he will not leave his friends. So he has the same friends. And it's they've one all gone on to be very successful. And he's like he's like the little black friend that they don't forget because he's the he's the funniest and he doesn't he's been he's been deemed to think he had it well off. So he's been, um he's been able to hang out in the gear to make it look like there's you know, there's lots behind the can and the government. So he's, he's, he held it off and then he followed through and that made him who he is. He's a very sharp, sharp, witty, witty man. And um, yeah, and his friends believe in him. He believes in his friends. So I kind of like the path he chose.
0: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, you worry about which way they're going to go. Does he go to church? <laughs> or is he into is he into Rastafari uh, religion?
2: He's, he's into books, so he's read everything. Like I've oh. I've introduced him to, I've got the whole bunch of books there: the Quran, the Bible. He's read it. He's tattooed the Bible. So I was like, you're gonna get a tattoo? Don't he did Psalms 23. I was like, great, there we go, it's all done. So meaning I didn't want him to, so he did. I can tell that he gravitated to that because that's his only tattoo. So that's kind of he is. And he makes his own choices. Like I said, he's he's been around a lot of culture, and he he's he's like me. He's free spirited, so I don't think he's going to. But I know he believes in a higher power and in himself, and that's good enough for me. So I brought him everywhere, so he knows everything. He doesn't he doesn't doubt anything.
0: So when I I, I like to ask people on on the program about if I say the word God, what do you say? Mm-hmm. So what do you say I mean, if I right. say the word God?
2: I say Jah, but I mm. say God. No, and there's there's some people of the culture of Rastafarian that, that don't say God, and it goes on for But I think God is a common denominator, and I'm, other than that, I just say me. <laughs> How about that? Me, in me, whatever's in me is God. So if that's a better way of saying it for me, I don't, the titles, it's not a, what you, it's not, it's not what you believe in. It's not who you believe in. It's what you believe in. It's not what you believe in. It's who you believe in. Just believe in yourself. So I don't think that is going to make or break the core. So I just keep it light.
0: Hmm. That's very interesting. I like that. I mean, I worry a bit about the idea of me. Yeah. Because oh, because no. that you know where's the. The universe of 500 million galaxies it, but then again i think that i'm made up of the stardust of 500 million galaxies so that's the me is is it and yeah. it is me
2: it comes back to me so i don't think i'm the one like i don't have the power you know it just comes back to me so i just i just refer back to me when it get so clustered with titles and names and what do you believe in and then why do you change it yeah. here where's your um what does your son do you, like it's it's it happens. It's not, you're not the first. It happens and it's asked and it's not and it's so interesting. I always ask the kids, how do you guys answer this stuff? Because a lot of you don't go there's no denomination that you pursue and follow. There's not a lot of gospel rap. There's not a lot of, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's like, what do you guys do? Um, I do think everyone ends up finding their own way just like I did. My parents installed everything they could um, from every church um, from every Baptist church uh, Moravian, Presbyterian um baptized seven-day event i was like whatever church is closest um hmm. and gathered that's kind of where you went and closest to the beliefs i mean you're there for hours on a, on a sunday or a saturday or sometimes a friday night i like bible study a lot so i kind of went to i was like i was i went every day I, my mom has awards from jervis street baptist church where i had to memorize every verse and that's how i knew my memory was good and songwriting but my first awards came from Jarvis Street Baptist Church, and mm-hmm. memorized all the scriptures. And anytime they would said, "Well, we're them. and I was scripture girl out of my cousins and and my um, so they knew I had a I had a, a thirst <laughs> for knowledge um, a long time ago. So I just kind of planted those seeds in my son and his cousins and uh, my stepkids and God kids and kids that I would just meet that I call my stepkids, my friend's kids are all my stepkids. Um and I've got about 14 of them. And <laughs> I think I put all the parents together. So because of that I, I let them find their way. And they're all different denominations. But they they some of a lot of them don't commit to it every Sunday or Saturday or Friday. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so that's so interesting. There's so much in that about you know there's this whole thing that goes on now where people just sort of buffet their way through and just pick a little of this, pick a little of that. But yes. <laughs> it's that, right? Um, so, you know, the spiritual materialism is just, I'm going to go shopping for God. Um, but, but on the other hand, there's also a lot, of, I believe there's a lot of depth and, and really being present for people's ways of, of, of dealing with, you know, mystery in life. I wonder though, with is there what what's the state of spirituality in hip hop?
2: What is what? Sorry, my the state stage.
0: of spirituality in hip hop. Like, where's it? Where's it at? Is it? Because I don't hear a lot. I hear a lot of social commentary and social justice, and certainly you know there's there's pieces in there. But I, I don't, you know, I mean, your mom loved Conway Twitty, right? So. Like, <laughs> So Conway Twitty would be, you know, a little more direct with this Christianity, but where in hip hop is there, for you uh, or for people you listen to, is there anything that makes you think this is talking about the bigger things than just, you know, what's right in front of me?
2: Well, there's so many generations of hip hop now, it's hard to say, like it's not, um, it's kind of hard to put one thing, just like there's generations of other music. So it's, it's not, I don't hear it in the kids, as I was saying. And for me, when I go for it, I go for it more in reggae. And so the reggae music is more of my spiritual music that I go for. Um, and I think the younger kids gravitate to reggae too, because there's a new generation of reggae. So it's hard to, I wouldn't even say new generation just younger people in the genre coming up. So I, I think where um, kids feel safe or younger, the younger generation feels safer in a genre, in, in speaking of it, definitely is reggae and dancehall because they refer back to reggae for this, one that will refer back to a lot of the quotations in um, reggae music in the dancehall. Um, so yeah, I think that's if there's a party going on, and, you know, you're in the clubs and the clubs are playing, ha ha ha, ha get it, get it, get it, whatever, 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 when they want to calm the party down, uh, there goes that reggae song, right? And the reggae kind of kind of, not the dance hall, you know, the dance hall gets into whatever and dance hall makes you back up that upbeat in terms of energy. And then when the reggae comes and plays and then it's a different, you know, the lighters go up or the cells, that's when, you know, kind of so on. So I would say the genre just kind of changes, but it's the same ear, same consumer, same thing and not necessarily in hip hop. Um, even when it's delivered in Christian hip hop and gospel hip hop, it's still not on that, I'm that, sure it's not on the radar. For the, for the youth to start retweeting or quoting or tiktok to. too. Um, so it's just, um, it's reggae is where I get most of mine from. Mm, mm. And I, as much as I can, because I write hip hop, it comes out in one lens. <laughs> you can tell I listen to reggae. Um, even if I'm not doing the reggae stuff on hip hop, you can tell I listen to reggae. You can almost tell what kind of reggae I listen to and then you can tell when I'm popping style and trying to give a cool factor, what I gravitate to in the dance hall to make you listen back because you remember when that era was. So there's a lot of reference, whereas in Conway um, Twitty doesn't refer back, but just use him as an and country music doesn't refer back to another artist's stuff, to trigger off a memory into a present moment. And I, that's done a lot in the hip hop because I do think the pop heads realize it's not there
0: yeah yeah all right because that's my, my that was my intuition about hip-hop um but i i don't know enough to because to me it's more there's i don't know it there's something more like i'm telling you i'm not it's not a i don't feel the receiving part in hip-hop the way i do in reggae i don't feel the the sort of two-way yeah. conversation. I'm being talked to, not, you know, talked at, not, and there's tons to be said in there. That's just like, wow, that's powerful. That's interesting, but it's not a two-way conversation. And reggae feels like a two-way conversation. Like if I'm not moving to it, it's not actually reggae at that point. Right.
2: And the thing is too, when people try to listen to hip hop and and get into um, say hip hop as a genre now they gravitate or they go to, to what's playing now. And I just think in the last 10 years, 20 years, even, it's a total na- different now. So, as a mature person going into a new genre, I would recommend listening to mature rappers. And that's kind of why I'm in it, because we've just, because the, the infrastructure has just, you know, it gravitates to the younger folks, right? And right. there's anything, but there's still old school parties <laughs> that are happening in every genre of music. Um, in every festival and every carnival. Um, so it's just, I, w- I would just advise, like when, when you're older and you're getting into new genres, to listen to the older rappers, like how you played something. Like, I don't, the, the artist that you played for me, I don't, I would, I would think it's, you're not giving me the, the, the newest artist, like the newest pop artist thing. I'm sure she seems older and soulful to be chanting. So I'm saying yeah. how you would gravitate and reflect and show me that. I don't think as the young artist. It's the same thing if I was referring you to a hip-hop artist or a reggae artist, I wouldn't send you to the, who just released and got the grant. You know what I mean? Because it's a whole different marketplace that they're approaching. That's interesting Whereas because... there's a whole other... Uh,
0: there's a whole other...
2: In, in reggae and hip
0: Yeah. It's interesting. The woman I played for you, Bachelor Levine, actually is young. She's she's not older. The woman I played for you, Bacha Levine... She's actually young, she's not older.
2: See, that's what I'm saying. And I would play, I would if I was playing a new artist for you, I may not play the newest artist, the youngest artist. And, and she's very into, like, it's a it's in context of her, from what I'm hearing, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it seems like she's aiming for that audience, right? Whereas in hip hop, they're not necessarily at that age. She's already chanting. That would be more reggae to me than yeah, it would be.
0: Well, absolutely.
2: Yeah so in terms of delivery and age factor and put it in context so that's a perfect example of something new and me sharing with you too I would probably share a younger reggae artist with you like Janine right. and right. instead of giving you all the top down talk at stuff because there's a lot of that that's all that's that's for clarity yeah exactly I, that makes sense because like she she wouldn't be the you know she wasn't the the top Top hip hop, blah, blah blah blah. She was more like the top reggae artist coming
0: in. Yeah. You- yeah so you that. had a birthday this month.
2: Mm-hmm. that twenty third birthday.
0: So, oh, just a, a few days 20. ago. So, was it a significant birthday?
2: Not sure it was. It was the big five zero. My son says only on oh. face, my mom's the only face facebook say she's younger than me. And then
0: Facebook made me fix it. <laughs> so the big, the big five, oh, yeah. any birthday with a zero in it, any birthday with a zero in it. will. Yeah, that has an impact on me whenever I hit one that has made a zero. It. <laughs> made it. Made <laughs> when it. You, when you, what? Sorry, my internet.
2: Did you say
0: that? So what does it mean to be 50?
2: Same thing it meant when I was 30. Same Crap! Just dealing with it different. <laughs> Same thing. Oh yeah, the pandemic. I mean, we have got a, a mass added my foot. Nothing like dropping an album in a pandemic. I don't know who or what or what divine intervention made this happen, but this was just. I just went with many flows. So yes, um yeah. Being fifty is kind of cool because it kind of earns you the right to say stuff. And then it might be questions. It was not a young pioneer. I was like, I told you, I lied about my age to get in the club. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of cool now when everyone's like, oh. 50. So it's like you're rewriting your worldwide resume. So I wanted to, I don't want anyone else to say she's 50 and that's how she would be. So I figured if you put out an album, you grown up, you made it. I'd love to see what Biggie and Papa said if they were alive at the same. It'd be so interesting. Yeah. And it'll show them kids that you can start chanting early <laughs>
0: yeah. in hip Yeah. So you, you just turned 50. Um, I'm older than you by a fair bit. Uh, w- what do you, what do you learn at 50? Like how does life look at 50 that it didn't, it couldn't have looked that way at 30. What, what, what happens now?
2: Wow, that's a stretch. I just got here. <laughs> <So> still, <laughs> I'm still in denial. <laughs> I just got here. I'm still in denial. I'm still, um, still trying to lie about my age the other way. Um, I am just finding out that I'm, I'm, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> and um, I could want more, but I'm very content. But I definitely want more. Like who doesn't? So you kind of look at like. And, and it's not only the 50, it's the, it's the whole spiel of the pandemic. It's the whole, like, what do you do now? And mixed in with I'm 50 and then watching all the 50 year olds turning 50, all of my schoolmates crying on Facebook, rah, 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 you know, and being trapped in wherever they're trapped at 50. So if you're not where you want to be, you really feel restricted. You've got to feel like you, especially like this is within, in context of the pandemic, you've got to feel like, oh my God, you can't. You can't even use your imagination and imagine life's better for this one day because there's so many restrictions. So I made sure I flew to Jamaica and woke up on the beach, <laughs> the cost-effective, empty uh, COVID-tested beach, and just not to be here to use my imagination that there is there is light at the end of this tunnel. So I went for my vitamin D.
0: So, so you I said that- still, the- And
2: I talked to everyone over 50 on the beach from Idaho and Florida and Kentucky. And it was just interesting. And every, no one believed it. I was 50 in Canada. So I thought I, we won down there in terms of Canadians. We're the youngest looking 50s on the island. And it just me think that it's it's okay. It's, it's I'm finding my cruise control. No matter what happens, um, I'm okay. I'm okay. So it's kind of, yeah. I think the best way to say it is that I'm finding my cruise control. I'm finding what matters and what doesn't. And I'm finding what I could have did and didn't do and want to do and all that stuff everything that filters i'm making up life's filters as i still go along um but i'm really invested in what what the younger folks are doing too i think that's a natural progression and seeing how i can help <laughs> if that helps as well as them you know like it gives me an extra comfort zone of being youthful again and 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 doing what i love also so yeah i don't know 50. i just got here
0: yeah, but it's it's one of those times where people don't value getting older. Our society doesn't think, I often say, nobody says you're old and improved. You know, you're right. always new, new and improved. So I'm, oh, for a right. lot of people, they hesitate to get older. They don't really want it because they don't think it's well-respected.
2: I know. That's why I started one of my songs with Vintage Mint Condition." Like, I never thought I would start a rap saying vintage mint condition. (laughs) And that was a witty punchline. Like, oh, I even got some retweets when I tweeted that at some point. So interesting to see, like, I'm rapping about vintage mint condition. Like, it's just just the whole vocab, the whole, even in my writing, my process, it, it was just different things. How do I you stay cool and you stay, you, you know, you don't, you don't scare the kids too much, like whatever. And I made sure I said, ask your that is your bad girl auntie? So I was telling the kids, you can ask mommy, I am auntie. So I figured on this album, what I did was kind of just tell the stories and being a mature mom and made sure my raps made sense that I could say it to my son. Cause if he didn't, if it didn't translate, like, you know, I'm talking to you, right? In some moments or, you know, I know you're listening. Um, then I knew, and that was a different perspective to write from. So yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, 50 is pretty cool.
0: I love it. Well, listen, I wanna thank you for, you know, being generous with me and uh, uh, taking some time. I, I really do appreciate it. And uh, what's the name of the album so people can know what to look for?
2: It's Bad Gals Revenge. And it's a play off of Roxanne Chante, who's my favorite female rapper. And she used to have Roxanne's Revenge. So, I'm trying to tell all the kills to go back. Is she biting or going back to Roxanne? Who's Roxanne? And all the old school people are supposed to say, Yeah, that makes sense. Get a bitch. Because I knew she me. <laughs> so, it's Bad Gals Revenge. Look out for it. It has a bit of rap, rock, and reggae. And it's very Canadian, but yet international. So, it should make sense everywhere.
0: Is, yeah. So, is it on all the, uh, the s- streaming services and all that?
2: Yes, so it's digitally on all the streaming services and it will be in CD and vinyl in the new year. Not too sure how I'll get them to everyone, (laughs) but I will get the vinyl out service quicker than the CD. There's no shows.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I I really hope that we, you know, that we're not that far away. Maybe, maybe the spring for early summer and people can get back to being together, which is really important.
2: Absolutely. Ralph, nice seeing you.
0: Yeah, you too. Take care yeah. of yourself, all right?
2: The only really good thing about Zoom, I get all your attention to myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I'm not mad at the Zoom. I was like, you ever try to talk to Ralph? Fine, when he's in work mode? No, I barely remember that interaction. You're totally in the zone. And it's like, <laughs> I admire him. But yeah, I got you to myself. Yay. So nice chatting with you.
0: You too. Mishimi. Bad Gals Revenge is the name of her album uh, and she has a whole discography of all kinds of music over the last 20 years that is just fantastic. Uh, I'm Ralph Ben Mergey. This is Not That Kind of Rabbi. Uh, Check out the Facebook page if you want to say hi. Uh, Not That Kind of Rabbi is the name of the Facebook page and uh, drop me a line. Tell me what you think. Tell me people you'd like to to hear from. Uh, And in the meantime, uh, take care of each other. We're heading into some... uh, some contraction as we get into colder weather and and figure things out uh, together. But uh, let's be kind to each other. Let's, I'm I'm noticing a a bit of the edge coming back and I don't blame anybody because it's months and months and months of not being what we usually are with each other and avoiding people instead of being with them I get it. But maybe it's a good time to take in a bit of that, what Christmas is supposed to be about and what uh, the festivals of light and all the cultures are supposed to be about and uh, do a little loving towards each other. And, you know, I had a nasty uh, interaction with somebody in a supermarket recently who wasn't wearing a mask and we ended up in this horrible thing. And I just felt horrible about it. And I just thought, you know, I could have been nicer. And then I realized how stressed it is to be around people and how strange it is to be stressed that you're just around people. So uh, be cool. Mm -hmm and uh, look inside for the nicer and sweeter part of yourself and try to dole it out whenever you can to yourself and to other people. Take care of each other. We'll talk soon.